0: Hello ladies and gents, welcome to Magpies Restricted, where we'll be talking all things Newcastle United. I'm your host Chris Simpson, and joining me today is Carthus Fistler. Hello. And um, we're joining you after a Newcastle doubleheader. Um, 2-1 to Newcastle at Southampton, great win away from home, and then unfortunately the, the winning run did finally come to an end uh, at nine games, um, with the 1-0 defeat to Chelsea. But I mean look, hey, let's start with the positives, let's start with that Southampton game. Great win on the road. Just positives all round, really.
1: Yeah, and again, Chris Wood's scoring was just really, really important for for him, never mind the club itself. And you could see that the confidence had grown a little bit, even in the Chelsea game. Obviously, we'll come to that later. But yeah, he had a really good header from a lovely cross by Shelby, to be honest. And obviously, Bruno managed to get his first goal for the club as well with a back heel, which... Well, there was.
0: I mean, what a goal! I mean, what a way <laughs> to score your first goal for the club. Uh, back heel, almost sort of semi volley, sort of. Um, he had no win. idea where
1: he had no <laughs> idea where that was going. The, the reason that went in is because no one had any idea where that was going. <laughs> I don't mean taking away from it, but he honestly had no clue.
0: <laughs> but a thing of beauty, I think. I think we can agree. Um... But it
1: just highlights the fact that if you have a chance and you shoot the, the possibility of it going in is, is always there and Newcastle really didn't have that mentality for a long time and I think every now and then even with this better period of form that there are times when Newcastle just need to shoot just 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 shoot um obviously to a lesser extent now that we, we, we've done so well in in the last couple of games but yeah it it's just one of those things, isn't it? Maybe luck is finally turning. the The football gods smiling.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, as as Mark Warrenson uh, used to say on, on Match of the Day, you know, if you don't buy a ticket, you don't win the raffle. And as much as we like to laugh at many of the things that Mark Warrenson came out with, you know, yeah, sometimes you you just need to, you know, just go for it. Just you got you get a sight on goal, pull the trigger, you know. Give it a go. Exactly. And then sometimes, um, like with that, it's, yeah, a bit of a hope for one, but sometimes they pay off and you get a, a fabulous goal.
1: I mean, it helped that Debravka had an excellent game because Newcastle, we did, can't, not collapsed but you did kind of do your best Southampton had an excellent period of play towards the end
0: of that match and it the bracket, were, yeah they were putting the pressure on it I think it was quite tense
1: yeah it definitely made sure that you took all the three points because there were some fantastic reaction sh- uh, shaves <laughs> saves.
0: Uh, that would be impressive if you saw if he he did just just the, got the shaving kit out yeah.
1: yeah yeah with a straight razor. Straight I can imagine that <laughs> just steaming uh, uh, I've, I can't, I've lost names now LaSalle I'm sorry, the cost what the fuck <laughs> Steaming yourself's face, like you know, in preparation for a a shave and and all that jazz that happens in a barber shop. Anyway, Chris Wood,
0: uh, (laughs) just just to go back to Chris Wood, um, as you mentioned there, yeah, just really good, I think, for him to have got off the mark now. Hopefully, the first of of many for the club. Obviously, I think we're we're probably safe now. We're we're up to 31 points, we're nine clear of Watford, who are 18th. I kind of feel like unless we basically just don't pick up any more points for the rest of the season,
1: which is going to be quite hard to do.
0: I, 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 I think, I think we'll we'll be okay now. Obviously, I'm not saying it's completely job done. We've still got a few more points to put on the board just to really make sure of it. But realistically, unless we spectacularly collapse, and you know, a few of the teams below us really get their act together, I think we are probably going to be okay. But For next season and beyond, and look, obviously, I'm sure we're going to reinforce again in the summer. But considering that we've just spent £25 million on Chris Wood, I'm sure we're going to at least have him around for a couple of years. And he can do a job. And, you know, I I, I want to see him really take his opportunity now while he can before Wilson comes back and before who knows who we might end up (laughs) buying in the summer. Mbappe, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway Could you imagine Chris Wood and Mbappe partnership? No, yeah. no, I cannot. <laughs> but, we we are gonna go on, sorry. No, I was just saying just yeah, fingers crossed, uh he can he can build on this now. Um obviously wasn't able to against Chelsea. Um
1: Yeah, which which we are gonna have to come to now, so yeah. sweets. Um to be honest, Chelsea were on the back foot for just about the entire match and should have lost. They didn't have a shot on target until the final 15 minutes, which is kind of indicative of how Newcastle played, to be fair. Um, well, yeah, but I mean, but no, no, we, I,
0: we did a good job, yeah, frustrating them.
1: 100%. First half, they did not like it. And you can see in the second half, there was a lot of biting, nasty, unnecessary tackles. But the two big refereeing decisions killed it. And again, you when know, I fully agree with you on this one it is a little tinfoil hatty isn't it um but Havertz just basically punching Dan Byrne in the face with his elbow I'm sorry yes you do move your arms to jump up but when one arm is so much higher than the other and it's as tall as Dan Byrne's face who is also jumping yeah it's not in a safe position and it in no way should have been there in any other reason other than to slam it down on somebody. Maybe not necessarily to the face, but to use them as leverage, which in itself is still a foul. Just the fact that he's then smacked him in the face its dangerous play. And you can see the massive lump he had on his face.
0: Yeah, and I think then what then makes it sting even more... I mean, look, that one is a bit more debatable than the other references that we'll get to in a moment. But yeah, what makes it sting even more is that then Havertz is the one who goes on to score which is admittedly a fantastic finish. But, yeah, he's the one who goes on to score that when he's lucky to be on the pitch. And, of course, it was Dan Byrne's slight error that he capitalised on to find that bit of space. Mm -hmm. And, again, it was a shame for Dan Byrne because he played really well all game.
1: Exactly. I'm not saying that Havertz went out to elbow him in the face, but it's clearly lifted his arm up in a dangerous position. And when it's like that, you have to take... Um, the consequences, and the consequences should have been a red card and he should have been sent off. I don't really, I I don't agree with that refereeing decision at all. Come at me, refereeing decision. Um, And it was the same later, and this would be the one that that you agree is an (laughs) out-and-out wrong decision.
0: Yeah, it's even more egregious in my opinion.
1: It's a bloody clear penalty. Um, How VAR didn't get involved, I don't know. And how, I mean, yes, even if your view is restricted, the whole pur- purpose and point of VAR is to look at these decisions or lack of decisions because you cannot see. But, I mean, bloody clear. He's pulling him down with his shirt and absolutely no penalty. He wasn't anywhere near the ball. He went for the tackle and missed. So if you even ignore the right. fact that he pulled him down, he was taking snap um, tackles at Murphy and didn't hit the ball once.
0: Yeah, it, it really it couldn't have been... More of a clear penalty, and and like you say, you don't want to get too tinfoil hatty. But I think I think we both are probably in agreement here that if that happens at the other end, we don't get away with it. And you can
1: even, if you really want to go down this tinfoil hat route, right? Because I'm all for it. Um, but if you really wanted to, you could almost see that not just a, a bias for the teams, because obviously we know the referees are, are, are not going to be doing that. Um, but is it like? Is it almost being against the fact that Saudi Saudi run? Probably not, and you're never going to substantiate <laughs> it. But I do know there will be some people out there online um, who could potentially agree with that.
0: But. Well, I mean, speaking of that, um, I think, unfortunately, we have to address uh, the, the elephant in the room, as we so often do. Um, now, I'll, look, some of the some of the chants from the Newcastle fans aimed at the Chelsea fans were quite funny. <laughs> I actually quite enjoyed the, he's coming for you, he's coming for you, Mike Ashley, he's coming for you. There's no way you couldn't enjoy that one. But there were also some other chants that were um, a bit less, well, just less funny. Uh, and there were Saudi flags on show. This being literally after Saudi Arabia executed 81, 81 <laughs> people over the weekend. Uh, which has actually prompted Am- Amnesty International to um, call on Eddie Howe to speak up about, you know, the human rights abuses in Saudi Arabia. Um, and once again, as we've seen throughout his his brief time at the club, he's just not going to entertain those sort of questions. He just bats it away. He's basically just saying, "No, I'm just a football manager. I'm just going to talk about the football." and I don't think you could dig that at this point. No, I mean, look, I know it's it's a difficult situation for Eddie Howe because there is employers, and likewise, and I, I know we've talked about it. I think I think people can be doing better, but at the same time, you know, to what extent can you expect football fans or a, a manager of a football team to be, you know, geopolitical experts or, or any of this stuff? But at the same time, you can still condemn eighty-one people being beheaded. Do you know what I mean? You, you can still set that good example for the fans because, unfortunately, the fans, a certain section of us anyway, are not covering ourselves in glory at all at the moment, and it's really disappointing to see. And then when you con- contrast actually with his opposite number this um, this weekend, Thomas Tuchel, who you know again within the confines of what he can talk about because. You know, currently Abramovich, whilst everything's frozen, does still own Chelsea and all, all that, all the rest of it. He he spoke really quite well about you know the whole Russia and Ukraine and Abramovich situation in recent weeks. He's been asked a lot of questions, some difficult questions have been put to him, and he's come out and he's actually tried to address them as best he can. And I've got a lot of time for that, and I I, I am quite disappointed in anyhow. Um, that he isn't going to do the same. And I I hope that changes in the future. I suspect...
1: I don't think
0: it will. Yeah, I suspect it probably won't, unfortunately. Because, I mean, I like Eddie Howe. He's a great, exciting young manager. I think, generally, he seems like he is a decent bloke. But I think he could be approaching this situation um, in in a much better way.
1: This is something that cannot be ignored. And it is something that the UK is very good at doing, which is ignoring things and then claiming that we're world beating. <laughs> um, yes, the war in Ukraine is abhorrent and everything that happens to and all the sanctions being put in place, which I just want to add the UK is woefully behind and is doing fuck all, really, in comparison to the rest of the world. Don't believe me, go and check it up and do your own research. By all means, I fully endorse that. But I think it's right that we need to be informed. And this part of being informed is the manager's role. I know it's not his role, but I, I think he should be doing that for the fans and making sure they're involved and he should be making a stand. Sitting and doing nothing and staying silent basically puts us backwards. I think this is a platform where they should be saying, you yeah, know, this is wrong. And, and yes, yes, I know they're employers, but... If my employer did something like that, well, Eddie Howe's in a better position than most, I'd fucking leave. Mm. Do, do you know what I mean? Or I'd say something about it, and then if I was forced to leave after, I'd be like, fine. Yeah. And Bye. And, and, <laughs> and I know it's not something he doesn't want to give up his job, and I'm not trying to force him out but, of his role, but like but someone like needs to take a stand. <laughs> I
0: feel like there's probably a way that he can... He can address these questions and and talk about some of these issues without necessarily compromising his job. And if he does that and he still ends up losing his job anyway, well then, you know, it's going to be a bit of a PR disaster for the club beyond all the Saudi-related stuff anyway. As
1: I say, he's in a better position than most. And I feel that if nothing else, he needs to be um, mentioning and answering these questions, uh, I think it's within with everyone's rights. On the flip side of this, it is now quite a quite dangerous position for Newcastle to be in in, in regards to their owners. How so the atrocities that have been happening in Saudi Arabia and the war that was going on for eight years that they have been per- uh, perpetuating has not been in the news. We've talked about that before and won't go there again, but it's suspicious bug. Um, but the fact that obviously now everything is happening with Ukraine and Russia, it is difficult to think that this now can't happen to Newcastle. And I think this is the time where if you want to be politically and very mercenary about this, Saudi Arabia needs to be going, let's start actually allowing them to talk about this, that thing. And creating a form of distance between the politics and the football, whereas at the moment there is no difference. There's just there's a wall, which is in many ways more striking than actually answering a question.
0: Yeah, and I, I think you have made a few good points there. And also, yeah, I think just from the fans' actually point of view, just going back to them, I think just a bit of
1: self awareness. Yeah, mm.
0: yeah um, I think. Would go a long way here because, look, I'm not going to sit here and say that I have much sympathy for Chelsea, and perhaps any even vestige or hint of sympathy I may have had, which wasn't really, has certainly evaporated after the statement they put out saying that oh. Middlesbrough uh, shouldn't be allowed fans either in their FA Cup game. But anyway, enough what,
1: of. What was the reason for that? For the integrity oh, of sporting. <laughs>
0: yeah. But it's. You know, again, you look at some of the some of the chants aimed by the Newcastle fans at the Chelsea fans, and again, obviously, there's always going to be that that banter from from the away fans, and that's one of the reasons why we love that passionate away support f- throughout English football, and it's why Newcastle have one of the best away supports in the country. But bit of self awareness, this could be us in a few years. Chelsea, twenty years ago, made a Faustian bargain. And the devil has come to collect, and they are going to pay the price for that now. And depending on what happens with being able to sell the club and what have you, you know, they wait <laughs> literally in a matter of months, um, they could go into administration, and oh, a whole you know mess of things could happen there as a result. And unfortunately, as much as it pains me to say it, Newcastle have effectively made the same bargain with arguably an even worse devil <laughs> just a matter of months ago. This could easily be us at some point in the future. It might not be next year. It might not be in five years. It could be. It <laughs> could be in 20 years like Chelsea, but at some point this could easily happen. And I think we need to recognise that because, again, if and when this happens to us, because of the w- particularly the way we conduct ourselves as Newcastle fans, and again, not painting all Chelsea fans with this brush, uh, a, a not insignificant number of them really haven't covered themselves in glory over the years with a variety of uh, incidents which are, are pretty awful. But again, I'm not saying our fans are like saints, and we've certainly not covered ourselves in glory recently. But yeah, at the end of the day, rival fans might be laughing at, at us the same way that they're laughing at Chelsea in a few years, and. I, as someone who, you know, isn't waving Saudi flags around and who does have this gnawing, clawing feeling at the back of their mind, even when they try to celebrate everything because they're my club and I can't help but feel happy when Newcastle win. It's going to be pretty heartbreaking and at some point it's probably going to happen. So, yeah, I think... I mean, obviously, I'm I'm speaking as if any of those people are actually listening to this pod right now and I, I doubt they are, but... Yeah, just yeah, a bit of self-awareness, a bit of humility. Yeah, that goes a long way. And yeah, I think we should be trying to set a much better example. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. it's not happening. And I don't see anything changing in that regard. I mean, if... Yeah, sorry, it's... it's the biggest, the it's biggest concern
1: is that um, Chelsea are suffering because of an affiliation to the president. Now... Newcastle are directly linked to yep. their government, yep. you know, to the government of Saudi Arabia, whereas um, Chelsea are by affiliation. So if
0: again, if this
1: happens to Newcastle, it probably won't be any more severe than this because they will go through the same process that Chelsea have done and say that Newcastle are um, an important part of the heritage of, of of English football and allow them to do some form of business, just not make money off it. I, I think it pro- if, if something did come of it, it would be the same punishment that Chelsea have. Not saying that that's anything light at all. Um, but yeah, Newcastle, you need to be aware that you are directly linked to this government. It It's a bit more of a
0: concrete... Yeah. Well, again, despite the just as a reminder, listeners, um, in case you've forgotten, despite the supposedly, you know, airtight, uh, illegal assurances that the PIF and the Saudi state are apparently two different entities, uh, PIF being the eighty percent shareholders of Newcastle, the head of the PIF. Is Mohammed bin Salman, who is the Saudi Deputy Prime Minister and a member of their royal family. So, yeah, as Kara says, very mm. much more direct. Yeah, there's there's no getting away from it, and it, I hate that we have to bring it up so much. And unfortunately, that it's going to be an underlining thing for for yeah. for a lot of future
1: transactions for Newcastle. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I I, I wish
0: I could just. Fully buy in and just be completely ignorant to everything, and just fully go along for the ride and enjoy everything. But unfortunately, I, I can't. can't right, I can't. You shouldn't I can't. Though. No, I, I should. I shouldn't. And
1: should blind. I might. Blind be, I might be happier
0: if I did, but I. I, sh- I can't and I shouldn't because at the end of the day, and as um, Abramovich has shown, like twenty years is a long, long time, especially in football. And until a few weeks ago, no one would have thought. For any reason that Abramovich wouldn't be around, you know, for for another twenty years as as the owner of Chelsea, there there, there there is a feeling of permanence when this sort of stuff happens. But at the end of the day, none of it is permanent. The owners come and go. The the club is what remains. The owners are always, no matter who buys us, whether it's the Saudis, whether it's Roman Abramovich whether it's FSG or any of the other owners in the Premier League it doesn't matter who they are and how rich they are they are always temporary custodians of the club and we can as fans and should be questioning them where do they get the money what do they what are they up to what are they going to do with the club as well but
1: it's the responsibility of the fans and the club to always question and that that goes true for everything it's our responsibility as citizens it's our responsibility as um civilians to always question what the people above us are doing and whether or not that is correct and yeah you can we can disagree on that that's fine disagreeing is fine not that that's been a point of view for our bloody politicians for ages the fact that you disagree means it should open a dialogue and not shut things down i feel like this dialogue on Newcastle side, hasn't really been said. It's been ignored because how isn't saying anything? And I feel that this dialogue needs to be said to A, get rid of ignorance, and B, just to open up pathways for, for betterment. And I, it will do the club well for that to be seen because if anything does happen further down the line, you want as much fucking goodwill as possible, and that yeah. sounds like you're playing the system, but Opening a dialogue is always a way to make things better for everybody involved. Not shutting things down. Yeah. Not waving bloody flags around that you have no fucking idea what they mean.
0: And, and at the end of the day,
1: it's like waving Southern flags, isn't it, in America? I yeah. mean, like, come on, think about, yeah, think about what that represents to other people. I'm not saying don't wave a, a Saudi Arabian flag if you're Saudi Arabia, and I'm just saying you need to be aware of, of the implications of that flag. Like, I won't go away with a bloody British flag in, in Ireland because it's just wrong. <laughs> yeah. Not no, that, no, no, also the work, I, but yeah, yeah, but it's just wrong.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but as
1: well. And I disagree with what that flag represents in that country because what we did to Ireland and Northern Ireland and lots of other countries around the world has been terrible. It doesn't mean that reflects on me, it reflects on the country, and I feel that for me, I should do better than to force that on other people, knowing what it's going to make others feel like.
0: And also just, just from a practical point of view, it's like, and I don't don't know if any of the fans feel that way. I've not really had a chance to ask any of them, but the fans who are like all in on the Saudis and the, you know, they're bringing the flags and they're chanting and celebrating them beyond just, yeah, again, it's one thing to celebrate Mike Ashley being gone. It's it's another to celebrate the new owners and, and what, essentially by proxy sort of, you know, showing acceptance for what they do. It's like, what are you afraid of by questioning them? Are you worried that they're going to just take the gravy train away? They've just spent £330 (laughs) million buying us. They're not going to suddenly turn into Mike Ashley
1: and give us
0: another 15 years of austerity.
1: But if they do, they're going to sell you anyway. They're not just going to leave and take all, and just, that that money's gone, that money's lost. They'll sell you. And they won't and then we'll be on to another
0: billionaire yeah. who hopefully...
1: Well, you won't be able to be afforded by Mike Ashley, I tell but, you that, because it's already en- risen your price value. And Mike Ashley, yes, he's ridiculously rich. He isn't that rich. He's not Chelsea rich, unfortunately, because that would be hilarious.
0: <laughs> but yeah, again, at the end of the day, what, what are you afraid of? They're not going to suddenly... Totally
1: it's, gonna it, it's, it's not off the books, you know? <laughs> six months
0: in because the fans actually dared to go, actually, you know what? we're not okay with this. And we, yeah, you know, we want to, we want to know what's going on. We want you guys to do better. We want,
1: it's not we not want the club to be
0: talking about this yeah, stuff. It's
1: not not supporting your club. You are supporting your club.
0: Exactly. The club it and is, the yeah. owners are two different entities. We support the club. We don't support whoever the temporary custodians are. We, yeah, we just it's, hope it's, it's that they leave okay. the club better than they found it. And that they conduct themselves in a manner befitting, of the institution yeah. that they're in charge of. And that's yeah. that's about as good as we can hope for as football fans because at the end of the day, I mean, especially at the, at the top level, I mean, the kind of the money that flies around, the kind of people that have that kind of money, that finding decent people is few and far between if you want to be yeah. at the top level. They it? don't
1: get that from being charitable. And yes, they might do charitable acts, but they don't get into that position by being necessarily great.
0: Yeah um anyway, um, anyway <laughs> back to the well, actually <laughs> just on anyhow um, <laughs> uh, as much as I might re- reiterate my disappointment um in, in the way that he isn't answering these questions and fronting up back to the football, which is what he wants. he wants the questions just to be on football to be fair to him, he has done a phenomenal job in the last couple of months yeah and, he and won- that was deservedly recognized hundred
1: percent and it shouldn't it shouldn't be diverted from by the actions of those above you're right. You know his his role has obviously been phenomenal, um, changing how the players have conducted themselves on the pitch. It has been a completely different team, even you know the, with a few extras. It is a completely different team, all, all, all throughout. It is as if you've just changed a whole new eleven. Um. So
0: yeah, I hope he wins it. No, he has. Oh yes, what is sorry? Sorry, I, I should have. I, I, really, you should have I, said, I didn't actually specify no. the running order. Um, yes, obviously Ryan Fraser was nominated for Player of the Month. That actually went to John Matip because, of course, it went to Liverpool player. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, Fraser was never going to get it, but he, he was really great. That he was nominated, he deserved that. But yes, Eddie Howe, ten points from a possible twelve in February to, to really steer us career in that relegation battle, and fully deserved that I'm he even, got. I'm notes now. <laughs> <laughs> that he he <laughs> he was named Premier League's Manager of the Month. Um, so. Yeah, do better, Eddie, off the pitch, but on the pitch, you're doing a bang up job, mate, and and we do thank you for that because, um, yeah, I didn't want to see us go down, and it looks like we probably won't.
1: Let's lighten the tone <laughs> and talk about the misery that is Everton right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we
0: yeah we're away at Everton on Thursday night. After that, we've actually got a few weeks off. Um, it's nice
1: for some. You know, well,
0: yeah. Is not great. Yeah. Well, um, um, I mean, obviously, we're all going to have a bit of a break soon with the international break, but. Um, before that
1: oh yeah because none of your players play
0: I mean Newcastle have a break our players will be involved <laughs> thank you very much
1: <laughs> hey look I'm just glad the Africa Cup of Nations is gone because now at least we have half of our squad <laughs> back I'm all I'm going to play for the Africa Cup of Nations and I'm so proud of all of the Leicester players who went there they did so well but my god was it hard when they were gone
0: <laughs> but yeah so with, with the Palace game postponed uh, this weekend and then the international break Uh, this is actually going to be our last game of the month on Thursday Um, and yeah Everton right in the thick of it still only on 22 points Mm. level with Watford actually they've just
1: collapsed
0: Um, though they do have three games in hand obviously and this is a big if for them given the way they're playing if Everton can uh, pick up some results in those games in hand you'd you'd think they would be okay but really you know looking in danger of going down they lost the last four league matches Um, Southampton City I mean, obviously, the city one. Of course, they were robbed by uh, refereeing decision. But again, funny, isn't it? Um, I, wonder, I, w- I wonder if we'll get an apology from uh, from the referees, like uh, like Lampard did. But um, yeah,
1: the, the a five
0: nil thrashing against ten, Tottenham. You've
1: Tottenham. just ruined my pun,
0: man. Oh, I'm sorry. stuck.
1: Thank, Thank you so much. No, it's too late now, and you're going to edit it. I know I'm not having enough of this bloody editing magic. No, it was all meant to be in the moment, and it's gone. I'm going.
0: I guess you could say the Toffees have become... Stuff. Oh, fuck you. <laughs>
1: <enough>.
0: <laughs> I don't even like toffee anymore. Well, look, yeah, on a serious <laughs> note, they, they're in trouble at the moment. Um, and in fact, we, because, of course, we, we only played them in February because that was the postponed game, beat them 3-1 at St James' Park. I mean, let's face it, they were, they were pretty poor in that match.
1: I mean, the fact that you beat them 3-1, I know it was in February <laughs> when you
0: were turning things around, but
1: I think, was that the start of Newcastle's turnaround? So
0: near the start, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and they've been poor defensively. Basically, what you have done is Newcastle have cut, you know, like, oh, you know, like that switch up thing, like 30 be- go- going, you know, like, 17 going on 40. Ooh, what was that switch-up game film thing? Zach Efron was in it,
0: and he like... Oh, um, s- s- 17, 17 again? Is
1: 17 that- again, yeah. that you've what you've done with Everton. <laughs> Everton were doing okay, and then all of a sudden you swap
0: roles. We <laughs> really have become the Zac Efron. That?
1: Please stay Zac
0: Efron. We can all
1: If only you had somebody who looked like Zac Efron <laughs>
0: Go on the calendar. Um, <laughs> not you look like that, yeah. <laughs> But look, you know it's going to be obviously a bit tougher. We're going to. It's going to be at Goodison Park. They're going to be desperate for the points. I'm anticipating a, a difficult match on Thursday, but I think there's going to be some opportunities for us and. Yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting one. I think we've certainly got a chance of uh, getting some more points on the board.
1: Yeah, I hope Bruno starts again. Um, and again, fingers crossed that we'll get something because it could be quite open to a lot of chances in this match. And I just want Newcastle to start making more of those chances because, again, in the Chelsea match, they just, just couldn't quite finish it. And that's not having a go at Newcastle at all. Obviously, Mendy's just... A ridiculous goalkeeper anyway um, so yeah just be nice to see more of those opportunities being taken advantage of whether or not they get converted into a goal but you know at least pushing the defence and pushing the keeper forcing a couple of saves out could be exciting said that now it's going to be awful
0: <laughs> and uh, we know Jordan Pickford uh, loses his head whenever he plays Newcastle because of his Sunderland connection so Long way that continue. Oh, Pickford. Long way that continue. Can <laughs> please stop being such a t- <laughs> Someone's got to get the rave on there.
1: Oh. <laughs> I mean, I, I know we have Vardy, and, but, you know, come on, Pickford. Pick up your game, mate. Vardy's <laughs> <laughs> classy with his WKD.
0: He's only Skittle Vodka. Skittle
1: Vodka. It's hard to do, you know. It takes patience. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how Newcastle get on. Hopefully when we come back next week, we'll have maybe some slightly better conduct from Newcastle fans to discuss. <laughs> well, hopefully we we'll won't have to discuss it at all because it just won't have been an issue. Um, but we'll have to just wait and see. In the meantime, though, if you could please... Go the, uh, I'll do that again. In the meantime, though, if you could please give the podcast Did a like and subscribe. <laughs>
1: See, that's what I'm trying to I can't, edit that, mean, I can't edit that out now. I can't edit that out now. It's <laughs> what to be like spontaneous with timing. Editing
0: shit. Well, like and subscribe, positive review. You, you know the spiel, you've been here every week.
1: Really, have they? I feel sorry for you. I mean, if, <laughs> this, is, if this is your first
0: one, listeners, then um, hi. Right. Sorry. <laughs> Until next there's time. Never, there's never going to be another one. No. <laughs> you know what, actually, I think this is our 50th episode. Oh,
1: fucking
0: hell. <laughs> I'm definitely going to have to uh, take the censored box. Uh, I've
1: given up. <laughs> it started and then I ended. Do you know what? You did the same that one time. You just lost a plot on something. I can't even remember what it was. But, you know, in, in for a pound, in for, in for a penny, in for a pound. I get the same right first. Yeah. All
0: right, anyway. Death
1: or glory. <laughs>
0: no are restricted. you know the drill i'm chris simpson thanks cara
1: oh you wanted me to say it
0: i'll I'll just say fuck then (laughs) (laughs) thank you i'm so sorry bye Bye. this podcast is part of the big heads media podcast network go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts